After all of our speculation and investigative foolery, Brandon Shepard to Longhorn is confirmed. We'll talk about it, plus dive into the High Limit schedule and Brad Sweet and David Gravel's live stream. Let's go. It's Friday, December 16th. I'm Justin Feather. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. So I mentioned late in the show yesterday that there would be some late model news breaking, maybe even possibly before my show finished uploading, and that actually ended up being true. We've talked about it on several occasions here, trying to piece together the little bits of evidence from various sources, Snapchat photos, and all kinds of other things. Uh, But we finally got confirmation from the team that Brandon Shepard is indeed switching to Longhorn chassis for 2023. Starting with the Wild West shootout at Vado coming up in a few weeks, the team will utilize Longhorns for their entire slate of 2023 races. This is all obviously notable because Shepard has spent the last several years as the Rocky ch- uh, Rocket chassis driver piloting Mark Richards' famous Valvoline 1 machines. But for next season, Shepard decided to depart Rocket Racing and is partnering with team owner Scott Riggs to fly the Shepard Riggs racing flag. It's interesting for Riggs as well because they had also campaigned with uh, Rockets with driver Tanner English. But now they'll join the Longhorn squad beside high-profile drivers like Jonathan Davenport, Brandon Overton, Kyle Larson, obviously, with Kevin Rumley, uh, Lucas Champ, Tim McCready, and others. This feels like a pretty solid coup for Steve Arpin and the Longhorn guys to bring Sheppy into the mix, but we'll have to see if this will be a springboard for the B5 in 2023. I know Shepard won 14 times last season. He finished second in Lucas Point, certainly nothing to sneeze at. But that group just wasn't as dominant as we'd seen them be in previous years. I do think that Shepard will feel like he has something to prove now that he's back out on his own, though. The one thing we are still waiting on with Shepard is his choice of national tour for next season, and it sounds like maybe we'll know something on that front very soon, whether they go Lucas or Outlaw, so stay tuned for that news. Uh, The other news from yesterday was the final three high limit races being released, so now we have the full schedule for their first year of competition. And as promised, I said I was going to wait till we had the full thing to talk about it, and we have the full thing, so now we're going to talk about it. As we knew previously, 12 races, all of which pay at least $23,000 to win. There are also two $50,000 to win races on the final schedule. The first event of the season at the Tulare Thunder Bowl uh, in uh, Tulare, California is non-points, and then things kick off for real at Lakeside Speedway on April 11th. The other 10 tracks with dates are 34 Raceway, Kokomo, Wayne County in Ohio. I feel like it's necessary to now say Wayne County in Ohio because there's been some confusion about Wayne Counties here lately. Uh, Tri-City, Eagle, Grandview, Hussets, Lernerville, Bridgeport, and Lincoln Park. For the context on where these fit in with the World of Outlaws schedule, Tulare is in between Magnolia and Devil's Bowl. I don't honestly see any Midwest or East-based teams participating in that one. It's in between NARC shows at Chico on March 18th and at Stockton on April 1st, so I'm sure that won't be mostly California guys. Uh, I think it'll be a tough sell to get any teams to travel all that way for just one show, even with it being 23,000 to win. And clearly they know that, which is why it's a non-points event. I am surprised a California show got on the schedule at all after Brad told me during our interview that they wouldn't schedule out there. He did tell me they chose Tulare because Kyle likes that track and they wanted Tulare to have a big show in 2023. From there, Lakeside is after 81 and before Peevely. The 34 race on April 25th is after Knoxville and before Granite City. Kokomo fits in between Hobstadt and Eldora. May 16th at Wayne County is the Tuesday after the Morgan Cup at Williams Grove. Attica is actually the next outlaw race after that. 
Tri-City is after Lawrenceburg on that Wednesday. Eagle is in between Ogilvy and Knoxville. Grandview is after the Summer Nationals at the Grove. Hussitz is in between the Knoxville Nationals and the Jackson Nationals. The Lernerville show will lead into the National Open. Bridgeport is then the week after. And then the final show at Lincoln Park will be on the drive from Port Royal to 81 Speedway. And I know some of you saw the tweet from Robert Ballou about a possible high limit date on the dirt track at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I had also heard that was being discussed. I know they tried non-wing sprints on that track at some point. Uh, and I think 20 plus wing cars would have been a challenge there. It's a pretty small place. Uh, it would have been interesting, though, if they could have made it through the process with the big track and maybe see that race happen. I kind of thought maybe we'd get a big splash race somewhere on the schedule, something crazy, and Indy would have been that. Uh, there was also a different track scheduled to be the finale, but that got changed late in the process. I think it's a solid group of events, and I think we probably could have guessed uh, beforehand a lot of these races that ended, or a lot of these racetracks that ended up being involved. So now we'll see how all of this goes with full-time outlaw guys, which drivers choose to chase high limit points, and if this model is sustainable for the series and the tracks they schedule at. I think if you're a Brent Marks or a Rico Abreu, you look at guys like Brian Brown, Buddy Kofoid, Corey Eliasson, some of the all-star guys, Justin Peck, Hunter Schoenberg, I think this will be a solid chance at a championship and some extra money. The drivers who decide uh, to sign on with the Outlaws will obviously not be at all of these shows, and we'll uh, have to see where Kyle Larson slots into this. I would assume he's going to plan on racing all of them. I don't know why he wouldn't. Uh, and if you're part of a 410 sprint car team in 2023, there will certainly be no lack of options each week. Outlaws, all-stars, local stuff, high limit, regional stuff. You talk about IRA, NARC, uh, definitely uh, a lot out there to choose from. I just hope the ecosystem can support all of these options between the fans and the teams. I think we need to be careful not to get too saturated, which I think you can make an argument is happening on the late model side of things. All right, final thing for today and the week. I watched the whole live stream from David Gravel uh, with guest Brad Sweet from the other night, and I wanted to react to a few things they talked about. I tweeted this morning that I need to keep finding topics for Gravel and his guests to be mad at me about because we are two for two right now. Last week was Swank. It was Team Costs. And this week with Brad, it was Purse Money. Uh, we'll have to find something for next week so we can go three in a row. Uh, Brett did call me out saying I'm biased towards WRG, and I see all of the comments on my videos saying the same thing. Doesn't really bother me. I worked at WRG in the past, and I really like the Outlaw product. I know how difficult it's been in the past for all of the people that keep the Outlaws and WRG going, and their sacrifices get completely lost in the mix of all of the hate for the big, bad world racing group. WRG is by no means perfect, and I think a lot of things can be improved, and, and I think can be improved from both sides, from the driver and team side and from WRG's side. But this show isn't the Associated Press. I have opinions and I'm just not going to take one side, uh, one side's word on things or that, you know, I'm not going to do any research. I'm also not going to automatically think and assume the sanctioning bodies are wrong and terrible. If that makes me viewed as being biased, then I guess so be it. I would hate to see us get to a point where guys like Brad or David or Sheldon fall off the series. I think it would be a crime if the top sprint car drivers were not racing for the World of Outlaws Championship. But I also understand if they feel like they can do better for themselves and their teams by running a different schedule. They absolutely must do what's best for their own situations and their sponsors and their team owners. If they want to chase other shows and have some extra weekends off through a season, I don't know how anyone can blame them for that. All any series can really do is put up a, a, a compelling package and hope it's enough to attract good teams and drivers. And Brad is about to experience that firsthand with High Limit. And when talking about the purses, Brad and David mentioned the Knoxville Nationals, and a big reason why so many teams show up is that the purse is nice from top to bottom. The Saturday A-Main pays to start what a normal outlaw show pays to win. 
And it makes me wonder about what is the best purse structure? The two win amounts, like, you know, you talk about the Eldora million paying a million dollars to win, that gets all of the attention. But I'm wondering if the sport would maybe be healthier if the two win amounts were less at some of these events and it paid better through the field. Do we want the money distribution to be more even, allowing for some of the smaller teams to actually want to show up to some of these other shows? Or is it more important that the best performing teams benefit to the max? I honestly don't know what the answer is there. It was also interesting that they talked about how aggressive the racing is right now in sprint car racing. It's something I've mentioned on these shows before and in conversations with other people. The success of Kyle Larson, I think, who is obviously super aggressive, uh, and the rise of some of these younger guys, you know, you talk about Sheldon, you talk about Carson Macedo, seems to have ramped up the intensity. And Brad confirmed that. Combined with the parody, it's basically forced guys to make moves when they can if they want to run well. And back to what we talked about yesterday with the Eldora Million, I said I don't think there's any way the Outlaws keep their guys from running those nights, and I think they will find a way to not include them in the four race and eight race restriction rules. And Brad talked about that. He said he asked Brian Carter specifically about the Eldora Million, and Carter said there are going to be some races that are exempt under that rule. That quote, if you want to hear it for yourself, is around the one hour, 11 minute mark in Gravel's video. Certain races were allowed to be run outside the contract in the past, and I think the four races and eight races should be in addition to those. If some of those exemptions in the past are now viewed as drivers having to burn one of their freebies to race them, then this easing of the restrictions isn't that at all. It's actually kind of the opposite. Uh, if you haven't watched Gravel's video from the other night, I'll link to it in the description below. Again, a lot of good stuff in their conversation. I uh, really hope Gravel keeps these coming because I think we're learning a lot of things in the process and it's good to hear these guys talk about this stuff. Uh, a few shows on the streaming schedule this weekend. Got some stuff down under on Clay Review. Uh, the Power Eye Midgets are indo uh, indoors on Duravision. I think that's on Saturday. Uh, and a few other things across the services. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. All right, that's it for the show today and for this week. Hope you have a good weekend. We'll be back here on Monday for more Dirt Tracker Daily.